Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today, our church around the world, Holy Mother Church, celebrates the great feast of Pentecost, which is the birthday of our church. We recognize how the Holy Spirit descends upon Mary and the apostles, and suddenly they come to life, and our church springs into being. From this event, our church is born by the evangelical preaching of the apostles. Now remember last week, we celebrated the ascension of Jesus Christ into heaven. But before Jesus ascends back into heaven, he tells the apostles, go back into Jerusalem and stay there and wait to receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the apostles did just that. It tells us in Acts of the Apostles. It says the apostles spent every day in prayer, morning, noon, and night. What was their disposition? That of prayer. Prayer, such that they opened themselves up their heart, their mind, and their soul, their will, and their intellect to receive the Holy Spirit and all the gifts of the Spirit. The same thing holds true for us. You know, when we celebrate the sacraments, the sacraments of the Holy Spirit, for example, baptism, we don't immediately baptize the person, whether it's an infant or an adult. Instead, before we baptize at the baptismal font, we always are praying for that person that that person will open up to receive the Holy Spirit and all the gifts of the Spirit. At Confirmation, Confirmation, which is the second installment of the Holy Spirit, is always celebrated in the context of a Mass. Why is that? Because we as Catholics believe the Mass is the highest prayer of our Church. And so, following the tradition of the Apostles, here at Pentecost, either the bishop or the priest, places their hand over the people that are about to receive confirmation, and they pray for them, and only after a while are they confirmed. Now, why is that? Because prayer cultivates and it nurtures the proper environment for the Holy Spirit to thrive. More to it, we must be always people of prayer. Prayer must be an integral part of our daily life. Now, notice what happens next in the Gospel. It says, Jesus breathes upon the apostles. The apostles received that divine breath of life. Well, where else do we see God breathing into something and coming to life? Well, the story of creation, Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. God molds Adam out of clay from the earth, and yet Adam doesn't come to life only when God blows into the nostrils of Adam. And then all of a sudden, Adam springs into life, springs into being. Now, appreciate the concept and the symbolism. The Hebrew word for clay is Adama, and the Hebrew word for man is Adam. So God takes Adama, and through that divine breath of life, transforms Adama into Adam. From that divine breath of life, humanity comes to life. 
Well, we see that now in display in the first reading with the apostles. The apostles receive that divine breath of life, and suddenly they come alive. They burst out of that upper room, and they go out in the streets of Jerusalem, and they begin to evangelize. Now, it's important to remember what the apostles were doing prior to this. They were huddled in the upper room, locked behind doors, overcome by their own fear. And now after receiving the Holy Spirit, they are fearless. They are empowered. They go out in the streets and they boldly proclaim their faith in Jesus Christ and that Jesus Christ truly is Lord and King. Now, this took a lot of courage to do. Now, appreciate it. In the 21st century, living in the United States, we have all the rights and all the freedoms to practice our faith and to express our faith. We can go to our church anytime we want. We can practice the sacraments. We can engage in the Mass. Or we can go to the grocery store, the gas station, and we can tell people about our faith and what we believe in with all immunity, with all the rights and the freedoms. But it was very different back then. If you lived in the first century in the Roman Empire, you could not do any of those things. You cannot proclaim your faith in Jesus. You cannot exercise your faith. If you do, the consequence, you would be imprisoned, even martyred. Why? Because Christianity was an outlawed religion in the state of Rome. And so if you practiced it, you would go to jail or even be martyred. That's why the apostles, many of them were systematically hunted down and executed. If you look at the first 300 years of our early church, it was persecuted for simply practicing the faith, bearing witness to Christ. And so this took a great deal of courage for the apostles to do something like this, to openly proclaim their faith in Jesus. But they didn't care. They did not care. They didn't care if they were going to be thrown in prison or they were going to die. Now, I think this is a great litmus test to how courageous they were and how much they were on fire with the Holy Spirit. The apostles received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and they acted upon it. Well, when we were baptized, we also received that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We were brought to spiritual life at that moment of our baptism. When we were baptized, God breathed that divine breath of life into our soul. And in doing so, essentially, we came alive, spiritually speaking. But more importantly, we recognized that after our baptism, we began to participate in that divine life of God. Our life was now joined to the life of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's why I say, baptism is the second greatest event in our life. Now you may say, okay, if it is, then what is the first? The first greatest event in our life, when we see the beatific vision, when we come face to face with God, then we know we've made it. We will be with God and all the saints and the angels for all of eternity. And so we are equipped with the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, we come to know who God is. That's why Paul says in the second reading, No one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. One good hallmark of the Holy Spirit truly working in our life is if people around us, family members, friends, neighbors, say, you know, I know who the Lord is in your life based upon how you live your life. Give you another great example. The quote from St. Teresa of Lesseur. She says, Each one of us ought to act 
as though the perfection of the church depends upon our own personal conduct. I'll say that again. Each one of us ought to act as though the perfection of the church depends on our personal conduct. It puts everything into perspective. Our conduct should reflect the authenticity of the Holy Spirit alive in us. Our everyday behavior can either deepen or distance our awareness of our participation in God's life. And Paul continues in the second reading. He says, Our lives must be dedicated for the edification or the building up of the body of Christ. And so you say to yourself, Well, how? How can I do that? Look at the call of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. God says to Jeremiah, Before I created you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born, I dedicated you, a prophet to all the nations. Before we were born, God bestowed gifts, charisms upon us. But it wasn't until baptism, when the Holy Spirit rushed in to take up residence in our soul, the Holy Spirit awakened those gifts. And therefore, after a while, as we grew up, we became more and more aware of those gifts. At the time of the confirmation, when we were sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, then we were properly equipped to use those gifts for the express purpose of serving God and the church in this world. And that's what we see firsthand in the first reading from Acts of the Apostles. The Apostles, once they received the Holy Spirit, they received the first installment of gifts, which is the ability to speak in tongues, all these different languages. Now, what I find so amazing is these Apostles, they weren't trained or they weren't taught these languages, and yet they are all speaking them proficiently. And not just for a certain amount of people, for all the nations, so that all can be drawn back to God. Well, the same thing holds true for us. You know, we have been given gifts by God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, we too can speak languages we never thought we could for the express purpose of drawing people back to God. I'll give you some examples. Maybe your gift of the Holy Spirit is teaching. You love teaching. Well, good, that's your gift. Now go and volunteer in the faith formation program at your parish. Teach the little ones, teenagers, or even adults. See, when you do that, now you speak the language of faith for people who need to learn that language, people who need to learn their faith and to live it out. Or maybe your gift is a compassionate heart. You're a people person. You love people. Well, good. Now go and visit people in nursing homes and hospitals. Bring them communion. Pray with them. See, if you do that, then you speak the language of kindness to people that are lonely and in despair. Or maybe your gift is a passion for social justice issues. Well, good. Good. Go and volunteer at a food pantry. Go and join the St. Vincent de Paul. Serve meals to the homeless in St. Ben's. See, when you do that, you speak a language of hope for people that know nothing but hopelessness. And see, these are just a few ways that we, like the apostles, we use the gifts that God has given us. We speak a language that people need to hear for the express purpose of bringing people to God. And then, yes, we will speak languages, languages of faith, of charity and compassion, and of hope. That's why I always say, 
Pentecost is not something we should just celebrate once a year. It should be something that we live out and celebrate every day of our life. Every day, as people of prayer, we open ourselves up so that the Holy Spirit can work in and through us. And so we recognize the gifts that the Spirit has given us. Then we use them to serve God in this world. We then speak languages that people need to hear. And in doing so, we bring them back to God. Every day should be a Pentecost day for each and every one of us. It should be something we are living out each and every day of our life. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.